The following presentation was recorded at the Newbury Buddhist Monastery, Victoria, Australia. Please visit our website at nbm.org.au. Very good. <clears throat> Sorry, my, right, my voice seems to be rough. Anyhow, so um, as always, uh, unprepared. Um, uh, I was just asked whether or how much uh, do I do preparation for these Dhamma talks. And coming from uh, Ajahn Chah tradition, Ajahn Pram tradition, uh, we don't really prepare for the talks too much. Some of us do, but I try not to uh, do too much for it. I try not to um, just do the last minute um, what do you call it when you do uh, cramming on exams and all that? I try not to do that. So the preparation should come before. Obviously, you cannot help it, but your mind starts uh, thinking about it before a little bit. So um, you sort of do prepare, but it's in the minds, but not not so much. Like I, I don't usually take so much the references and all that. But if they're in the mind, they're in the mind. If not, too bad. That's what you're going to get. So um, I did ask what should I talk about today and my my uh, Garfield and friends Mark said today feel free to waste my valuable time that's my Garfield Mark for today so my Garfield and friends here in Newbury <clears throat> they asked me to uh, give a talk about that hang on what's the quote again feel free to waste my valuable time Okay, quite often when we become adults, we start to appreciate our time greatly. Uh, when you're young, the time doesn't matter so much. I remember when I was um, a kid, they, um, somebody asked you to do things, you just do it. You don't, you don't go uh, speculating how many minutes it, uh, and hours is this going to take out of your life. And I, I know quite a lot of uh, people, um, they have uh, this idea that, you know, the time, your time is so valuable. If I do this now, it's going to take this out of my life. And as a monk, I was always thought that, uh, differently. Um, as a monk, I was always said, you know, if there's something to do, you just go and do it. You don't really worry about so much how much it's going to take the time off you. Whether it's, oh, I should be meditating. I don't have time to do this now. I, should be, I shouldn't just go to, uh, whether it's fixing toilets or plumbing or whatever it is, you know, taking a effort into this um, project here. And it's, it's part of my training, but I, I always had that idea. My, I, don't, I don't really think that um, somebody's uh, wasting my valuable time. If anything, I have a bit of a other way of thinking I don't want to waste other people's time too much so I don't really it, it might be one of my interests where I don't quite often I should be asking maybe more help I, I think I should do things myself but um, if you have um, this idea that you can just give your time you give your um, your effort as a monk there's not much I can give there's only I can give my sweat and blood and I, I've definitely shed some blood here uh, again doing this project uh, and sometimes a bit of a sweat as well. And uh, I know even now we said that we had the opening ceremony, but as everybody knows, when even if you had the 
something is the building is done there's always still so much to be so much else to be done we now cleaning up here and and if you do want to waste your valuable time please um uh, you can come and um help us to a little cleanup uh if you do wish um but uh just yesterday i was out outside we were doing um because uh, it's it's so wet and humid here in Newbury. Uh, maybe you haven't been here, but um, but we are we in this beautiful environment here. We're just living amongst the uh, clouds here. But when you live amongst the clouds, um, it tends to get wet. So um, it's it's very muddy here. So we're doing walking paths. And yesterday I was I'm so grateful to work. We we have uh, my great companions here in in the monastery. We were just chipping away just doing a walk you know walking path at a time and nobody seemed to complain you know people know it's a good effort um that being said i think there was a little bit of compliment uh, complaining but um nevertheless nevertheless uh we um we feel grateful that we can give this gift for somebody the monks are coming here afterwards. I, I'm myself. I just actually I wanted to say that this is this will be my last Dhamma talk here from Newbury for quite a while. I'm going back to uh, uh, home uh, or my my home at the moment, uh, which I consider my home really is the BSWA, the uh, Bodhinyana Monastery. So I'm going to go back there. Um, I still feel I've put a lot of effort here, and I but I I feel that this is my gift. That I don't. If you if you have a gift, you don't you don't get take that you know if you if you buy a gift for somebody as a present, you you it's somebody's birthday and you're gonna go and gift and you buy something nice, you don't all of a sudden change your mind. This is now I'm gonna keep it. it that it, that that's not very very good giving. <clears throat> so I feel that I, my gift is now um, it's done. I want to give this um, wrap this up now. Put it in a nice pink ribbon. Put it in a beautiful box. Give it to the monks who come after me, and that's my gift. As a monk, that's that's what I give. I also give dhamma talks. These are this is my gift. This this is what I feel I can connect everybody. Um, I left behind a lot of things as a monk, and we I mean as we all do, and this. So that's why there's only so much I can give, but the effort is what I can give. And that's also what, as um, these Dhamma talks, and why the preparation should be coming before. You don't, you don't start all, all of a sudden, I, real, you know, I have to give a Dhamma talk. All of a sudden, I don't just go um, start reading books, putting things, eff putting things in place, making sure I... Uh, people think I know something I don't, or I, I'm I'm something else that I'm not. If I haven't practiced, it it really doesn't hold the value. It it doesn't really cut the mustard. Ajahn Brahm says to cut the mustard. Um, if the practice is not there before, there's not much I can give. And sometimes I can see on um, I've looked at Ajahn Brahm's Dhamma talks or the other monks. Um, and sometimes you see people make comments there like, what does these monks who live to leave the world behind, what do they have to give? What we have to have and what do we, we can give is that 
We've been looking our minds a lot longer than everybody else. We've been, we've been putting the effort in of enduring those things which you have in the mind. We learn by that, that way we learn, and that what we can give, that we can show people that this is how you have to do it as well. In the beginning, there is a little bit of effort. In the beginning, there is a little bit of endurance. You just have to um, be able to just look at it. You have to be able to look at your mind, shine the light into the new corners of your mind. And sometimes it does happen when you, when you start shining the light into the corners of your mind that is not so pretty. But how, what, what can you do about that? What can you, how can you um, make those corner, little dusty places even, how can you make them, uh, even those, one, those places beautiful and less cluttered and something you want to look at? How can you shine the torch in your, in, into the, underneath the bed of your life and without being worried about how many um, balls of dust is there? One thing is that it's gratitude. Gratitude always brings your mind more be at more beautiful place. You look at the everything you have in life with an eyes of gratitude and kindness. I know um, um, with my life as always, I mean, I have great teachers. I've lived with Dajan Brahm and all the other monks for so many years now. Uh, there's the immediate gratitude when, when I think of somebody like Ajahn Brahm. And I can see that for a lot of you, um, the gratitude for somebody like Ajahn Brahm comes very automatic. Now that we have this project and people are willing to donate their time and effort into this project. they Even now they're asking if, can I give this to Ajahn Brahm's Kuti? And I'm telling you, we if I would allow any everybody to buy all the stuff, what they want, into Ajahn Brahm's Kuti, which is here now, it would be up to the brim. It would be the, the ceiling full of cushions and flowers and this and that, nicks and nacks. Everybody wants to buy, even now, can I buy something for Ajahn Brahm's Kuti? Can I do this and that? It comes from the gratitude. And that gratitude is the one where it changes your perception. Instead of looking everything as a dusty and not so, it quite often it's dull. Quite often it's, it's tiredness comes with it. This, you know, we have these translations in, in, in the Nikayas like slot and torpor comes um, uh, when you're meditating. Um, what else? A big thing, hindrance, doubt comes in your mind. Those fear maybe even if you want to get, start getting into deep meditation. But if you have gratitude, it joy, it elates the mind. That is the first step to get your mind into calm state. It's an interesting thing that negativity is really difficult to let go. There's something to it, something to the human mind where we just cannot let it go so easy. Hatred. And quite often we dwell on it, where we make 
a lot out of it instead of willing to just let it go. There's something to that, especially with the hatred and anger. I know I, I had a friend of mine. I lived in New York. And he was a very hot-headed person. He was like Italian, and um, he uh, and um, he was uh, he used to work as a bouncer in nightclubs, and he used to um, run them and all that. And he said he gets a lot of energy out of hatred. He he thrived on it. He used to get in fights all the time, and he he was one of these people who didn't seem to care. He he. Um, you know, some people are like that. It's like water, water out of duck's back. But even for these people, you you carry it with you everywhere you go, and it ties you out after a while. It makes you know what happens. That's the one thing I've noticed. Um, if I keep putting the effort that, or let it let it happen if i if if i let the anger be there amongst other unwholesome states in the mind for too long your mind goes dull your mind goes it's almost like it nothing feels like anything anymore whereas the gratefulness and happiness is you look anything ajahn brahm simile of that looking in the uh, the the poo in the in the toilet and it looks beautiful you it's an interesting thing like you're in a monastery and day to day everything can be just the same and all of a sudden one day the food tastes good the food is it's the like the most beautiful food of of you haven't had for weeks and then you look at then you think about it you contemplate a little bit why and if your mind is calm, you realize it comes from the happy mind. I'm all of a sudden, I feel elated and everything feels better. The food tastes good. The monastery looks beautiful. Your friends seem to be nicer to you. Everything is nice. And it, it comes from that place of quiet mind. That's where it comes from. It doesn't come from mind where you put effort into concentration. And that's the reason why Adam Brahm really um, dislikes the word concentration because that's not what we should be doing. We should be letting the mind calm down. And how do you let it calm down? You have things like the gratitude. And where does gratitude comes from? Where does, um, how do you create gratitude? Well, one thing is to do something nice. And then that will lead into your mind, into, um, towards more that into the whole wholesomeness. And then you can start contemplating all these good things. So first of all, it's even... It's almost like an even step before that. But so I remember when I started meditating, um, New York, really, like um, I lived there and um, it was uh, it was great. It was I couldn't get enough of it. 
I, I, I lived in East Village, and over there, all of us, uh, I just landed on this amazing place where I had, I worked from home, so I had all the time in the world. I'm, I work with the, for Google at the moment. I was, uh, I was part of the language group there, and I, um, I, I used to go this. Uh, there was this yoga center in, uh, I think Bowers, Bowery Street, and it's in East Village as well, and just within walking distance from my place I lived. And quite often these uh, meditation classes, uh, we don't have this kind of dedicated centers. Most of the world, we don't have these things actually, which is amazing. Another thing which of uh, uh, kudos, uh, a great thing for BSV and Buddhist Society of Victoria that these centers don't exist. Many places, they don't exist. So we were, uh, we were in this uh, yoga studio and... Um, I, th there was different groups coming, uh, meditating there. So I used to go with everybody. I just, I used to go, I, I would have gone seven days a week, but I think there was only meditation on evenings on five days a week. So I used to go with different groups. I went to with the Tibetans. I went, went with the, just, there was just a mindfulness meditation and there was a Theravada teacher there as well. Interesting enough, the Theravada teacher, um, he came from this, I think, I'm not sure whether he's Thai tradition or Burmese, or, but something he was, as always, Theravada teachers, um, strict and boring. And um, the lay, te lay teacher was uh, actually, it's very, um, very nice. They were very cool people. They were, um, one, one thing that draw me into that, those, um, uh, uh, that lay teacher and that, that group was that they were really just friendly people in um, uh, my age group, they were um, just relaxed. Not to, you know, oh, this is our tradition, this is how you have to do things. They were very, very just sort of welcoming. And I, I always, I still feel that I, I, I need to, um, um, I, I wanted to continue with that. If anything I took from them, I was just sort of just this attitude of relaxedness. If you want to um, uh, lie down when I'm giving Dhamma talks, I'm not going to tell you all. I'm, if um, and quite often in prison, that's what happens. I I teach in prisons, and probably when I start again, when I go to WA, and they they just appreciate their being just quiet for a while from the hustle and bustle of the life. But um, um, so with that, uh, with all those groups, and I I I really. I really got into the meditation, and there's always something you remember, even from those teachers. Something always clicks, and it's interesting. So after so many years, something just came to me the other the other night. I was meditating, and I remembered, amongst many other things, um, one of my teachers um, over there said that uh, your karma is not like a bank account. It doesn't, karma doesn't work that way. Uh, you know, karma is not a bank account. He was saying, and they just, uh, I just like, oh, oh, yeah, that's. Yeah. I don't know, you hear something and it just like uh, it strikes a chord and all that. And now I'm, and I, I took that on board and I think like, okay, that's how it is. Yeah, karma is not like a bank account. Now I think differently. As a monk, I've been a monk for um, ninth years coming now. And I actually now think your, your karma, your karma, it's like bank account. How is it like bank account? How can you draw money from your bank account? By 
contemplating gratefulness of all for all the people you um, you come across or you've been you helped you in life by putting effort into helping others doesn't have to be a big thing i mean it could be just you can just the fact of giving is always emphasized is always we always tell as uh, in Theravada Buddhism is very important part of your the giving and you can see it like if you feed your dog you don't think it's like oh what a chore it is it's just you're happy to give the bowl of food to your your dog or your husband I'm not comparing dogs and husbands but you know that's how quite often it happens uh, husbands don't cook that often so it's the you feed the husband but you 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 take care of the husband and the wife and and um, and the children and the dogs and everybody it's an act of giving and you know it feels good there's no whether they you know is there signs of of this of course there is it's in the the it's in the pudding the the it shows you yes just taking care of your dog will make you happy i i remember i went to um i had this habit when um when i have something nice I, it's uh, quite often it's um let's say i have a mandarin or something I started um, from from those days. I um, when I was meditating in that with those groups, and then I heard there was a retreat coming, and I couldn't. I was like, "Oh yes, my first meditation retreat." And they said, "Oh, it might be a bit too much for you. It's a one month a retreat." And uh, being uh, hard headed as I'm always, if somebody tells me I cannot do it, I usually go for it. So I went after just starting to meditate. I went to one month. Si- um, almost silent retreat and let me tell you it is a lot of suffering but um, nothing is always uh, never wasted so um, at, at least I can take something from that from ho- to home from that retreat I um, uh, it's an interesting thing to uh, watch the pain for one month so I'm I I can endure pain in my body uh, which is not a good thing actually but um one th- actually one thing which is um i got from that retreat is that i realized that if i do something nice for others it brings happiness to my mind and that happiness creates calm mind what i uh, what i did um one day we were eating we were um it was almost like a Zen retreat where everything is quite a formal and I really did suffer a lot because I wasn't used to sitting on the ground. I'm um, now more used to it, but it has taken me years having um, had really strong muscles in some one point before I started. But I was, I was, we were eating and I had this really nice orange. I remember if, if I remember correctly and I peeled the orange and, and I, I take, uh, you know, you start eating the orange and it, it just, it was so nice. It was just happened to be really, really tasty orange. And so I, I decided there was like person sitting next to me and we've been sitting for maybe a couple of weeks next to each other. And I decided I just, I peel the rest of the orange and I, I really carefully removed the white stuff from it and all that and made sure it's really nice. And then I gave half of to him instead of eating it all myself or all I didn't take it all to myself and you know what happens you, you we all know what happens it stays in your mind 
those little, you know, gifts, those little acts of kindness, they stay in your mind. You know how it is. And that has followed me ever since. If I have sometimes, sometimes, some we're sitting in Porinana, there's there's 23 monks of us. You you've been sitting with somebody. Uh, your friend uh, from your left and right, you always associate with the same monks day in, day out. You don't, after a while, you don't really think anything of it. How do you elate from that? How do you go from that sort of like, well, from that point of it doesn't really bring any kind of feeling. It It's a sort of dullness. How can you... Not even dullness, but just sort of person you you don't pay too much attention to. It's not good or bad. It's just the person sitting next to you year in, year out. If you, even then, if I have something nice, dessert or something, I'll try to share it with. Being on my ride is usually, it's been for over seven years, Pante Bodhidacha, who's going to come here soon. A very good monk, a friend of mine. We've been, we've been in this journey together since... Uh, since since we started in Porinana together as Anna Cargas 2010 i if i that act of giving to him elates my mind whether it's just a ripple effect whether i i don't have to put effort into it the effort was in that giving and then it stays there it the, you Sometimes we have this idea of contemplation. The contemplation comes quite often automatic. And if you allow the mind to calm down, you start looking into those places where the gratitude comes automatic. You have to put a little bit of effort into just point it that way. Point it into that direction. And that's what Ajahn Brahm been teaching me for so many years. And it works. The effort into this practice is not concentration. The effort into this practice is letting go. The effort in this practice is not trying to find out why things are like the way they are. Sure, sometimes you can look at it a little bit. Okay, yep, that happened again and that's coming from there. You cannot learn the world. It doesn't work that way. world is too complex. Your karma is too complex. Use it to advantage. Use it as like the gratitude. Make Put more money in the bank account if you don't have enough, if you feel dull and depressed. But... I was taught in the beginning that we have to do um, the contemplation. You, we, uh, when I started meditation, one of the groups was like that. Um, you meditate and then you go into the uh, mm, sort of like a reflection mode. It's um, it's too early. It's it should happen more automatic. And it will happen automatic if you, if you put it into your hard head 
that there's nothing you have to do. What you have to do is let go. What you have to do, let go. Surely I should be doing something. No, no, no. Don't do anything. It's all automatic. Ajahn Pram simply stay in the bus, don't get in the driver's seat. It really works. You just have to trust the, the, the path to work. You have to trust that if I put in the effort of just just letting it go, letting it go. Sure, there's anger in your mind. Let it go, let it go, let it go. It's if it's really, really bad, then you have to you have to um, um, try to subsidize. Which subsidize is a subsidize is, is that a good word? You try to um, you try to put change it into a different. Um, perception but if you can endure it is um it doesn't last that long try it if if you have a lot of anger and try to look at it keep looking at it looking at it looking at it see how long you can make it last it won't last that long but if you if you try to ignore it try to push it away you get angry about the anger you don't like it. I don't want my mind to be like that. You keep dwelling on it for days on end. And I've done it. I regularly do that. And then once in a while you says, ah, all right. Um, that's not the way to do it. And that's not the, what the Buddha thought. Uh, the Buddha thought, um, by um, love alone, by non-hatred, will hatred will ever cease. Sometimes I used to teach the non-hatred that that's meta. It it is partly like that, but it's if you think about if you say non-hatred, that's it. That's even more. It's more neutral feeling almost. It's almost like a, oh gosh, right. Well, I don't have to try to create the meta because a lot of people say it doesn't work. It doesn't. They cannot bring the feeling in. Can you just bring the feeling of non-hatred? I don't have to worry about it. Is that something you can do? Surely. But if you're shining the torch into the corners of your life and it's still not beautiful, going back a little bit on this talk is you need to put effort into certain things physically mentally physically is that uh, you know acts of kindness whether it's helping the monks and nuns bringing dana coming and cleaning here maybe um <laughs> to the raking outside in the field or my me, uh, mentally where it's you look at the things And you look at them with the eyes of gratitude. I've been here for almost two years now. And we achieved a lot. I mean, it's not... It's just partly my effort. But I can... I've been part of this... Um, part of this big ship which we're steering. And, and I take this as... Um, my 
gift to everybody and I take this to with me wherever I go. The Buddha told us to um, uh, to meditate, don't delay. Be an, be an island to yourself. Everywhere you go, you're by yourself. Whether you're with your family and friends, whether you're in the monastery, you are by yourself. And obviously, at the deathbed, your fame won't follow you. Your money won't follow you, your, your possessions. Your mind, even that really doesn't follow you. It's an interesting thing about you know what's there after you, after you pass away. Your body, definitely you have to leave it behind. But there's something there which is with you. It's that karma which follow and it comes in the fruition. And if you don't put in the effort, the, again, the effort of letting go, the effort of doing goodness, if you don't do that, you are not maybe putting enough effort into your into your um, future happiness, whether it's here now, you know, giving the fruit and you feel, you know, feeding the dog, you feel happiness now, or whether it's the happiness that follows. My favorite simile of um, of a tree, which is um, Mahanama was dying, one of the Buddha's disciples. I've probably told this too many times, but it's always good to repeat. Mahanam was dying and he was he was worried. He said he was uh, what's gonna happen to me, Buddha? He was he wanted to I guess Buddha to tell him the future, you know, where I'm gonna go, do I have a good rebirth? I I bet you a lot of people would be wanting to know that. Um so the Buddha said, Don't don't worry, Mahanama. It's um he asked quite often the the Buddha used logic, he was a very a um he made people to come to the conclusion themselves. He didn't tell them how it is exactly. He said, well, he, he asked Mahanama, what do you think, Mahanama? When, um, when there's a tree in the forest and it's um, slanting and sloping towards the east and, and then there's strong men come from the village and they're going to cut down the tree from the, from the, um, from the root, from the, bot from the bottom of the, uh, from the tree, which way will the tree fall down? Does it fall down into south, uh, south, north, west, or east? Mahanama said, obviously, it will, it will fall down towards east because it's slanting and sloping towards east. He said, uh, the same way, Mahanama, if you, if you have respect for the Buddha, our teacher, our first Kalyanamitta, Kalyanamitas, uh, uh, now we have other Kalyanamitas. The Dhamma, the teachings, if you have respect towards the teaching, give an ear to the teaching, you put, um, it's all, it, the effort of, of there as well, you have to practice in there, but that comes after this. But And the Sangha, the teachers, the monks and nuns, um, the sangha as a whole, not 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 as an individual teacher, obviously. 
and the sila which leads to right stillness, the sila which leads to right stillness, as a fourth, you will always slope and slant towards the Nibbana. You will not fall away from it. So I, I, re I remember that quite often that the, I have to put that effort into that, the Buddha Dhamma Sangha, and the sila, which leads into the right concentration, oh sorry, <laughs> which leads into the right stillness. If you have that, if you have the, um, I only remember the Pali, Navaja Sukha, um, the, 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 um, the happiness of, uh, mind which is pure the the pure mind the happiness which comes from that if you have that uh that will lead you into right samadhi right stillness right mm, and then from that you get the fruits and benefits we have all these things and the buddha gave us the very very clear path and we, as monks, that's our duty to remind. And not just, uh, we don't just remind you because we need to give these talks. By giving these talks, we, um, we remind ourselves. Teaching is always a great thing, and, I, I, and it's part of our training. Ajahn Brahm says uh, to give talks is actually part of your training, and that, again, comes from the time of the Ajahn Chah. Quite often, Ajahn, Ajahn Brahm says that in early days of when he was in Thailand, he... Um, he would just after one year, Ajahn Chai just say, "You give the talk, four hundred people. You barely speak Thai, and you have to give a Dhamma talk. How's that gonna go? It doesn't matter. It's part of your training. Part of my training is to give Dhamma talks, and it, it does make me happy, and it does make me uh, appreciate what I've learned. It reminds me what I've learned. It reminds me of." Um, of uh, I'm part of this community. I'm not just uh, quite often. What happens in um, when you're in a big monastery and you have senior monks like Ajahn Brahm, Ajahn Pramali, Ajahn Api, all these living at Ajahns. Couple couple years, I'll, I'll be an Ajahn. Uh, um, you feel like it's you. It's not so much of us. It's it's uh, sure the senior monks are there doing it, but it's been a great experience here being a part of the PSV now. And part of this project, I, I, I felt that I, I, I was really part of this community. It's, it is bigger part that people actually do come and feed. Sure, they don't just come because they want to feed the senior monks. They come and feed us all. It, it is. I, I felt more appreciated. N not that it doesn't happen in 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 Porinyana, where I'm going to go now, you know, within a couple of weeks. But uh, it's just you just get that you feel like it it's not that people want to make you feel that but you it just comes automatic but it's all of us whether you are in the monastery raking making walking path or washing dishes it is you are part of this project and when you the walk the path if you stay in a bus you will get more and more peaceful it is, it's automatic. You just have to give it time. If the mind is down in the beginning, 
there's a little little bit of endurance to be done, but it's all right. I definitely noticed that my mind is a bit dull recently. I think I've been uh, pushing a bit too much, but now I just have to endure it a little bit, and then uh, I think the happiness will. I'm sure the happiness will come from there, and I'm very happy to go and see my my friends and Porinjana. There will be great monks coming here, taking over this this place for a while. I'll be back. Um, help here again, hopefully. Who knows what what's gonna happen? I wanted to uh, say that few words. So feel, please feel uh, free to waste my valuable time by asking questions. Um, don't be so concerned about your time, your uh, or your your personal life. It's it's not so. In the big scheme of things, it doesn't matter. There's no more no questions. The, the questions will come. So um, I just have a sip of water. Chin, uh, look, you must have something to ask me. Thank you, Bante. Very interesting talk. Very relevant. So far, we haven't received any question. Obviously, uh, just to show the talk has been very clear, concise, and uh, very Should relevant. But we still have some time for those who want to pose some question. Please feel free to do so. Um, yeah, so uh, why, while we're waiting there for some question, uh, if I could just make a quick announcement on behalf of BSV. Uh, next Sunday, um, the talk, the Sunday talk, will be given by yeah. Ajahn Nisarano. And I think most of us know Ajahn Nisarano. He's uh, really no stranger to BSV. He's a senior monk, um, so has been a regular visitor to Buddhist Society of Victoria. So yeah, so I think he'll be giving talk from from uh, Buddha Loka Center next Sunday, I believe. Um, the details will be uh, available in the coming newsletter. So just stay tuned for, the, for this week's newsletter. Yeah, so yeah, Ajahn, uh, for those who don't know Ajahn Nisarano, uh, he's a senior monk. I think with more than 20 years of uh, range. So um, yeah, he's uh, due to arrive today. So we are really excited to have him here. Right, right. Okay, so he's, he's coming now to Victoria and then he's gonna take a rest for a while and then gonna give the Dhamma talks on there. Unfortunately, um, uh, I do have to say that please, please don't, um, we we are still in the restrictions with the, with the virus. So, uh, be careful that don't go flocking their city center. Be mindful. Please read the newsletter. Adrian is going to post our present at the moment. He's going to post what, uh, how to, um, how to give done or whatever, all those things. But uh, please to um, uh, do apply with the government regulations. And if we cannot let you in, in our city center, do understand that it's, uh, it's, it's not us. It's the regulations are like that. Bhante, um, yeah. someone just posted a, a quick question. Um, the question is, are you going back to WA and who will be the abbot in Newbury? Well, first of all, I'm not the abbot. Chinluk is leading this place. Um, um, <laughs> funny thing is like, I, I just, you know, the Buddha statue here, I was I was in Thailand over the, in the Christmas period and um, I was uh, with Ajahn Kanha who gave us uh, this, this little Buddha statue, beautiful statue. Uh, 
a beautiful monk and, and he uh, he said, where are you at the moment? And I said, I'm in, we, Ajahn Brahm is getting a new monastery in, uh, uh, he's not getting, but he's um, he's helping to build a new monastery in, uh, in Victoria, Melbourne. And I'm there helping with the project. And he said, oh, you're the abbot. So I'm not, not really the abbot. I'm just um, uh, sort of, it's an interesting thing. It feels a bit too formal for me. But I mean, I, I have been leading this project for a while. But um, there will be uh, four monks here. I will still hoping Ajahn Nisarno. He, he's a bit of a... He's a, he doesn't like cold too much, and uh, like I said, it's we're living amongst the clouds here. Um, we're not sure we the we have really a formal abbot position at the moment. We you need somebody who's staying here permanently. Ayopega will lead the female community as as been she's been doing for a long time, done a great job. We also appreciate her a lot. Very, I, re I find her really nice to live with, and then we'll be. Three monks, uh, uh, Ajahn um, Chitapalo, a German monk from Porignana, uh, uh, Pante Chunda and Pante Bodhidacha, good friends of mine who are ordained together um, nine years ago. So uh, there will be three monks. They're sort of co-leading the monastery and uh, helping with the uh, Buddhist Society of Victoria. So I'm sure they, the place is in good hands and I'll... Um, if I'm needed, I'll come back. If not, then I'm happy to leave it, leave these, this to others. Um, there's just another question, Bhante. Um, the question is, you mentioned we could come and help around the new meditation hall and kutis. Is that right with the current restriction? help with the new meditation hall and kutis oh, I'm helping so what's happening now and uh, I might be misunderstanding but um, I'm going to um, a monastery in WA Bodhinyana Ajahn Brahm's monastery and uh, we are building six kutis there we are currently building also office where we get uh, I think there's more and more these kind of things going online Dhamma talks are we building a new office there there Kuti project, the the HUD project there is, um, it's going uh, as far as I understand. Building project is it's fine. We can still keep going uh, as long as we don't have people together, too many people. Construction is still okay. We are um, also starting this project here, as many of you know. We're starting here on just a few hundred meters down from here, where we're sitting at the moment. We're moving ahead with the project of uh, building a play center for all of you. So please, uh, if you want to have a stillness in your mind and your heart, uh, come, make sure you um, come and stay here then and help us with that project if, if you're so inclined. It's a beautiful project, but uh, that will start within, you know, six months or something. But um, yes, uh, here, oh, with the cleaning, oh, maybe that's what he meant. Uh, if you want to come and clean, we, we have to help. If you want to help this project now just a little bit, I'm, I hope this is not going to be people flocking here, but I, I don't think it's going to happen. We have to somehow make sure that we only have uh, two people maybe together or something like as a team, and then you clean one kuti. Or if you want to do, most of the landscaping is done at the moment, but um, 
and the uh, but we have maybe a couple more weeks before I leave and then the other monks but if you want to help those things yes I think it's okay volunteering is okay we've been we looked into this but we just have to have the social distancing and don't have too many people so if I have two people if you if you're a good cleaner and you know meticulous well then I just put you to clean this um, one kuti at a time that's fine that I think that's fine and I'm 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 I know it is okay Anything else? Bunbe, I think there's another question just came through. Um, the comment is, Bunbe, thank you so much for your talk. You have answered some of my questions. What helps get through this period of endurance before the peace comes? <laughs> uh, uh, I think I, I always like contentment. I mean, what helps with in, uh, enduring something is just sort of like stick with it. Uh, you have to remember that this will also change. It's um, you have to you have to have enough faith in that that other people have gone through this. The Buddha himself said, "I had dullness in my mind, and then I overcame with it." The drowsiness from by rousing energy. The Buddha himself said that I had, um, I had doubt. I, I overcame with the with the with the faith. I I have, the Buddha himself. He said he had all of those same defilements. The Buddha himself. He coming down. Ajahn Brahm had the same defilements himself. I certainly, uh, let me assure you, I have all those same defilements if that um, than everybody else. But I have faith. I have faith in Ajahn Brahm. I have faith in the Buddha. Uh, I have. I know that all of us we are the same. So stuck with it, um, stick with it, and um, have, uh, like I said, contentment is really, um, it's a it's a nice antidote. Sometimes you just just happy to be here, you know, physically pain and all that. You don't have to endure it. Just sit on your couch somewhere, just relax, have a have a good time. Make sure you have a nice nest when you're sitting down. Make sure you're comfortable sitting i'm comfortable sitting like this taking has taken me a long time but i'm comfortable sitting like this so just sit there relax and okay so there's dullness in the beginning of the mind be willing to take it it won't last that long anything else no Bante, we haven't um, received more questions anyways it's getting to time Um, any John other question from anyone? Oh, from the audience. Yeah, from the audience here. Do you maybe we got a question? We have a keeping social distancing and make sure you all you walk to the yeah, walking to yep, yep. Okay, good. And yep, all right, so you have the microphone. Thank you, Bande. I have two questions. Yeah. For my friends. <laughs> for your friends, okay. Yeah. Yes. One who is physically not well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Would you have any advice? Yeah. For him. Second question. It will be for my friends who feels like losing home. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yes. Thank you, Bande. Physical sickness, that's all we have it. We um uh welcome of signing into did you read the small print in the when you uh, uh were deciding to get born as a human? Did you uh, read the small print? There will be 
sickness, uh, old age, death uh, will come as uh, you sign in the paper and you were like, you did sign the paper. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, it will be fine. I can take it. Um, that being aside, said, um, um, whether your mind, your body is sick, uh, has been thought by Adam Brown for many years. Your mind doesn't have to be sick. Your mind doesn't have to have to go into why am I sick? Why does it always happen to me? Why my body doesn't behave the way it does? If you were your body. If you were your body, you could tell your body, let my body be this. Let my body not be sick. But can you tell your body that? No. So what does it mean? You are not your body. Basic teaching of non-self by the Buddha. Otherwise, you can, even with your mind, can you tell your mind, let my mind be happy. And then the mind is happy. No, you cannot tell your mind to be happy. You can incline your mind towards it. You can put a physical effort by from getting inspiration from, from us teachers. And then you go and do it, and then it happens. But it is cause and effect. Nothing to do with you. So your body, is it you? No. Can you do something about it? Yes. You can make it comfortable. You can take the, you know, put put in the you know physical effort of making sure you you take it you take your body for a walk like you take the dog for a walk, give it fresh air, you know, take care of it, take the medication that as as all of us um, we have to do those things. But then, the best thing is to let go of your body, just like okay. Don't pay attention to that body, which is the, that part of the body, which is wrong. Maybe pay attention to the other parts. Don't you are wrapped around that one part in your body, which is something is not right. What about the other parts? And don't think it will be like this forever. That's also what's now you know sucks you in and won't let you go for a long time if you just think this is how it will be rest of my life. Having a chronic illness myself, I know it's easy to go fall to that thing um, where um, you think easily go into that uh, mindset of um, this is how it will be rest of my life. And it might be, but I don't know. It might not be. We still, I'm still not hopeful, but I'm just, I'm learned to live with it. You have to learn to live with it. Losing your house, your your apartment, your place to live is also very, very stressful in your life because I've been there myself. I was uh, lived in a foreign country, I have no money, and I was kicked out the house. And what can you do? It, it, is, um, it is a very big jolt, and it's a very, it leaves the scar in your mind. It leaves, you don't feel secure. And that's what we're looking for, having these places where you want to have a security. But remember, life is not like that. And again, do you know what's going to happen in the future? No, you don't. Will this create um, understanding for the people who are suffering? Yes, it will. 
nothing is ever wasted. Will you, because of this, you know, the thing is, if you look into it's like, oh, well, this is interesting. If you have, oh, it's going to be interesting to see what happened in the future. Sometimes we resist so much of the change, but, but sometimes change is good. Most of the time is good. And everything, whether you like it or lump it, change will happen. So life is changing all the time. Do you think um, everything is impermanent? Do you think everything will be always like this? No, it won't. So if nothing is permanent, nothing is uh, reliable, nothing is use, I mean, yours, use, yours, nothing is, then everything is suffering. The basic teaching of the Buddha. So go with the flow. Try to be, have curiosity. It's okay. Maybe it will be better. You don't think, you don't know what's going to happen in the future. And if you do, please come and talk to me. Maybe we can put the lottery ticket in. But if you don't, well, you just have to trust that the, the future is uncertain. And I have to try to relate to the, with the positive attitude. Meditation, seeing good monks and nuns, looking the Dhamma talks. They should be uplifting you one one way. Very good. We got another interesting question, Bhante. Uh-huh. Ready for this? Ready. Okay. Did you read the small print when deciding to come back as human? Well, obviously not. <laughs> what did I read the small print? Oh, well, well. The, uh, when I was a young child, you know that what you know what happened. I I was about four years old, three from three four, from four to seven. Let's say I thought I was an adult. Um, for some reason, I had this um, revelation that I know everything. I know how the world works. I I felt like an adult. So. Um, there's something which carried me, carried from the past life. And then, you know what happened? I was just meditating the other day, and one thing came to my mind, which um, the, the things in life, with, even as a little child, how much suffering it is. I, so one day I was in my first grade. I was seven years old, and I decided I should kiss this girl. So then I did it. I just sneaked behind the corner and just kissed her. And um, then she decided that, well, she was like one year older, so she was eight years old. So then she decided in her mind that I'm her boyfriend. And I just said, oh, no, this didn't go down well. Um, I started to think about all this, what happens in the boyfriends and girlfriend. Well, like, then I have to have a family and I was like, oh, my God, I'm just, I just started school and now I have to have a family. And then I was like, I have to go to, I have probably have to go to work soon. And I haven't, it was like, I was my first grade. Now I have to go to work, start making a living. And I was like, I'm not ready for this. I saw the suffering and I decided it's like, oh, well, this is not good. Um, I still want to be a child. 
So I decided to go back to the child, like being a child again. Uh, so from four to seven, I was adult. And then I regressed again, being uh, because of this trauma of having to be a boyfriend. So I was so traumatic that... Um, so, uh, you know what happens in why didn't why didn't I read the small print? Is when you die, your mind goes automatically into one direction. Why was I born as a Finn? And um, there's some kind of habit which drew me in there. And I wasn't mindful enough. I was um, interest. I had in interesting experiences when I was young. I might talk those later. It's getting a bit late, but because um, um, I had a lot of time, I, my childhood was very boring. Uh, so I had a lot of time to not to do anything. But um, um, the thing is, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's just a joke. Did I read the small print? Obviously not. Um, that's a maybe it's a topic when I come back in I don't know when but um yeah no I think most of us we didn't I'm sorry or where what was I doing in time with the Buddha why did I get enlightened then because I'm not very smart person I think that's the reason well here we go again what to do let's try to make it make it good this time yeah all of us yes that's true, Bhante. Um, I suppose before we wrap up, I uh, just want to say, Bhante, it's been a lot of you know warm messages pouring in, you know, over the last uh, hour or so, half an hour. So again, just to summarize it, you know, wish you all the best. Exactly. Thank you. To back to WA. Yep. Uh, thank you very much for your wonderful teaching. Thanks for leading the the NBN project, and uh, you know it, it was a complete success. So Hopefully. really, yeah, I, thanks again. And uh, I guess I uh, hope to see you back again mm -hmm. in the near future. And uh, also, uh, on behalf of the of BSV, just want to uh, say a few things, Bante. So on behalf of BSV AV team, thank you for being the first to give a live stream Dharma talk on the YouTube channel. Did I? Okay. Let's keep up the line. And the first to give a live guided meditation on BSV Dharma Radio from NBN. And the first to give a Dharma talk from NBN on Skype. And lastly, the first to give a live stream Dharma talk on our YouTube channel from NBN. Thank you for being willing to be part of the testing, different ways we can distribute the Dharma, as well as everything you have brought to BSV and NBN throughout your stay. All right, yeah, I'm being Sadhu, happy to be Sadhu, part of Sadhu. it, and uh, we'll leave it here. I've, I usually, uh, I've been told I don't bow. I always forget because I'm so wrapped up about these talks. Let's uh, do the, um, uh, just uh, bow three times to the Buddha. And that's it. Nice to talk to you all.